When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Tennessee basketball looks darn good last night, and it's getting to be where that's not a surprise. Suddenly, we are more than a week into February. That means we're closing in on March. We do have a leap year, but we're getting there, and it feels like Tennessee is hitting its stride, but Caleb and I, wondered aloud before the show is this the stride they need to be hitting so let's start with the good out of the win on Wednesday night what did you think was good about that Caleb well I mean I thought everything was good out of the win on Wednesday night in terms of how they played Uh, I'm going to have some criticism for a minute in a minute but um they went 11 to 24 from three, 45.8%. I mean, they were just, they were like seven of 11 at one point. They were just unstoppable from outside. And, you know, Dalton Connect was connect with 27 points. Zakai Ziegler was three of six from three. Jordan Ganey was three of six off the bench from three. They had 17 and 18 points respectively. Ziegler just nine assists, five steals. I mean, Zakai Ziegler was the best transition player in the SEC, guys. There was nobody better in transition. Than Sakai Ziegler. Okay, tell me and, when to stop. Tell me when to stop. Best transition point guard in the SEC, yay nay. Yes. Best defensive point guard in the SEC, yay nay. Yes, and that's and he's five nine, and I'm gonna say yes. Best overall point guard in the SEC, yay nay. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. He is the best point guard in the SEC. There's nobody I would rather have over Zakai Ziegler. And the biggest thing to me about Zakai Ziegler is, man, that guy's got some fight in him. Like, you got to love the the way he plays, right? It, it's I do just, now, yes. Yeah, I mean, the guy is, I mean, he is leading the SEC in assists per game, and he's fifth in the SEC in steals per game right now. Um. So I, I don't know. I mean, who would we who in the SEC would go over Zakai Ziegler right now? There's not actually, and part of this is by default. The point guard playing the SEC is a little bit less this year than it has been in the past. But yeah, no, Zakai is an amazing, amazing point guard. And by the way, Josiah Jordan James is hitting his stride. He only had eight points last night, but he hit all three of his shots. And the thing was, he was very good. He he's he does what he needs to do as a player. 
Can I get to the negative or do you want to add some takes on your end? Um, I just thought I was very impressed that I think after Kentucky, you can show up flat with a big loss or a big win. So that to me was the biggest question. I think it helps that it was a Wednesday night instead of a Tuesday, but sometimes you can show up flat after Kentucky. So I've kind of always got my radar up for that, but they didn't. So that in addition to everything you said, I would add that as well. All right, here's the negative. Uh-oh. Jimmy and I talked about this yesterday. What is Rick Barnes doing? Tennessee jumped out to a 13 to nothing lead on LSU. They had a double-digit lead that they didn't relinquish from the eight-minute mark on, and they were up by 20 the entire second half. And yet, Dave, you want to know how many guys he played yesterday, more double-digit minutes? I'm going to go seven. It was eight, but... Jemai Meshack and Toby Awaka played 13 and 11, respectively. You want to know how many minutes Zakai Ziegler and Dalton Connect played yesterday? Uh, together? Uh, you can go each one. I was, uh, I'll was. i I'll combine them because I'm good with math, and I'll say 74. You were close, 71. Zakai Ziegler played 36 minutes out of 40. Dalton Connect played 35. Why are you playing your stars that many minutes? when you? It's a blowout game against a bad team at home. You're not going to lose this game. You're not going to blow this lead. These yeah. guys need to be fresh in March. And Dan, thanks for chiming in because people have just I I don't mind Caleb getting ripped and sometimes and sometimes I even enjoy it on the message board, but I don't like it when he gets ripped for stuff that he's right about and that he is uh he didn't really say. So Caleb's never said they don't have depth. Caleb said they're not utilizing their depth and Dan uh, it votes in there that starters are getting a whole lot of minutes. They are. Now, I think we have to ask ourselves this question. Is that just the direction that maybe Rick Barnes wants to go, Caleb? Or why is he doing that now? Because Rick Barnes, this is where the, you want your kid to play basketball for Rick Barnes because he's a great teacher and developer comes into conflict with trying to win a championship. And you know that those things can kind of be conflicting sometimes, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I said that about David Cutcliffe for years. David Cutcliffe was the kid, the guy that you wanted your kid to go play for, but he may not necessarily scheme a national title team. He's going to focus more on developing your players, isn't he? Than anything yes. else. Yes. That's Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes has a philosophy that playing time is a privilege. So you don't, so you get playing time based on you doing what I expect you to do in practice. Now, when you're coaching youth basketball, that's great. But when you're coaching college basketball and you're trying to win a national championship and you need you're, and you need rest, yeah, you earn playing time, but don't Dalton Connect and Zakai Ziegler earn some rest? I mean, this is just insane. You were going to have them torched by, uh, by March. And by the way, I want to bring this up because I wrote an article the other day. I encourage you guys to go look at it. I compare Tennessee to the best to the three most successful teams in, t- in history. And, and, and we're going to do that on the show tomorrow, right? For sure. Please. Yes. Say yes. Yes. We could okay. do it. On, yeah. We can do it on the show, but only one team has gotten out of the sweet 16 in Tennessee basketball history. And here's the truth. That was a 29, 2009, 2010 team. Dave, did you know that team went 11 deep after they dismissed Tyler Smith for the gun charge? Yeah, they went no, 11 I'm, deep. I remember they were super deep. I remember thinking how bizarre it was that you could lose a guy like Tyler Smith and it wouldn't have a monstrous impact because you had so many people. It had a huge impact. 
They had four starters suspended and then beat Kansas at home when Kansas was number one. I mean, they, that team was so deep. And I and I remember people would question it. Bruce Pearl would play his son, Stephen Pearl, for like 11 minutes a game. Do you remember that? Yes. And people were thinking, why is he playing 11 minutes? Well, here's why. Bruce Pearl wanted everybody fresh in March. That was his focus. Rick Barnes, on the other hand, the best team he had two years ago was number one for four weeks. They had 30 wins. They flamed out in the Sweet 16. Why? Rick Barnes only went, he only played six guys on a rotational basis that year. Consistently. Okay. Well, let me ask you this then. Are we are we at a point where we may have found Rick Barnes's Achilles heel when it comes to the NCAA tournament? Because I, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought that it was more along the lines of he's a defensive coach and they go through scoring droughts. But is part of it um, the fact that Tennessee is maybe overusing their people under Rick Barnes heading into the tournament? That's partial. That's that. That's definitely part of it. Um, there are a lot of reasons Rick Barnes hasn't had tournament success. I do think an overfocus on defense is part of it. But then, yeah, the lack of belief. He's had teams that have gone deeper. They're just not going deep this year because, again, he has that principled philosophy of earning playing time, and he wants to teach players the value of of doing things right in practice. And again, I get it. Rick Barnes, there is no if if. If your son was a college basketball player, Dave, Dave, or college basketball recruit, is there any coach you'd rather him play for than Rick Barnes in terms of developing him? As a teacher uh, and a developer? I mean, I, I want a guy that's got a little bit of an edge and wants to win. So maybe you're asking the wrong guy, but I do see your point. Yeah, I, okay, fair enough. But I want my, I would want my son playing for Rick Barnes because he's going to teach them. He develops them. He cares about his players and he wants them to learn life lessons. Except for Tristan Thompson, who never learned a life lesson under Rick Barnes as a serial cheater. But that's a different story. I follow too much reality TV. Um, but Rick Barnes, as a developer of people and talent, there's nobody better. But his principles and philosophies on doing that are costing him a shot at a title. And you know, it's funny. It's twofold. As I'm saying this out loud, speaking to you, defensive-focused teams, defense takes more effort and energy than offense. Can we agree on that? Yes. If you're if you focus on defense plus you run a short rotation, I mean at, at at that point you're going to be tired in March. There's just no way around it. Okay, so we're going to have some good news for you. And I saw it come alive on the message board and was able to just confirm it. Um, and, but first, I want to ask you: Do you, do you feel like this is a new thing with Rick Barnes? not playing into his bench this season that should be a concern or is this something that you believe's been a reoccurring issue I think it's been a reoccurring issue because he did it in 2019 he's doing it now and I think it's um he is he is very principled extremely principled to a fault and he's not he is not going to sacrifice his players learning lessons to do what's necessary to win in March. I'm not crazy about that. I'll be honest with you. You asked me if I would want my son to play for him. No, I would rather my son sit the bench, learn how to play than to play because the coach thinks it's a good thing and doesn't understand the entire concept of, of not, of not having a fatigued team in March, that would frustrate the ever living heck out of me. 